welcome to uh, this episode of The Overthoughts, a special uh, first episode in a series we're going to do on Westworld. So we are covering today uh, Season 2, Episode 1, and we all just watched it. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Helms. With me, of course, is Dominic Lang. Say hi, Dom. Hi, Dom. You are my puppet, despite the fact <laughs> that, uh, that the episode description was uh, the puppets have lost their strings or something uh, like that. No, and. I- uh, I got plenty of strings. <laughs> and uh, with me, as well as my, my good friend, uh, my brother from another mother, who is also my same mother, because he's actually my brother, what? Uh, Ben Helms. And could you do a, a stirring rendition of Ain't No Strings on Me? I'm not your puppet. By the way, you hosted the first episode of, or, or the, I, I guess it was your first time hosting uh, How to Read Comics last week, or a couple days ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you hosted yesterday. And uh, you did the same thing to Nick. Like, say hi, Nick. Say it. <laughs> do it. Just Do be it. be a nicer person, Jason. Just be a nicer oh. host. You're the host, not the not the president of the episode. <laughs> not that, the, I, I want to be the CEO of the episode. Right. Everyone say hi now. Is that what president? Hi now. I, I don't know. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't I make it again. You, I don't make you like my ideas. I'm not a real CEO. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. West, so, West uh, thoughts is that a well, is that a name or should we just keep West it over thoughts things? overworld. Uh, Westy Westy 12. Westy 12. Westy 12. 12. Oh, that's not bad. No one's using that. That's That's actually not bad. Yeah. That's bad. Uh, I like that. Um, All right. So today we're going to dive into the episode. Uh, We all caught up uh, getting back into this. Uh, Real quick before we get in, Ben, how did you catch up on this uh, as you got into season two? Binge mode! Binge mode! Uh, A fine podcast from The Ringer. Uh, and I want to point that out because uh, we want to try hard not to just be binge mode junior and totally. doing that, but also to admit our sources and say, yeah, it was really helpful this last week to yeah. go through two episodes on season one. And so uh, that's, of course, in the back of our minds as we're going into this. And they pointed out some great stuff that I'm sure we'll point out here. So we'll do um, some minor recapping, uh, but really we want to get into kind of the big questions uh, that we have going forward, both for what's going to happen with the characters and also kind of thematic questions about uh, AI, intelligence, what is life, what is free will, you know, yeah. light stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, where should we start? I was going to say that we should start with Dolores or yeah. Evan Rachel Wood's character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Cause Ben, you, you pose a good question at the top. Uh, the season one finale ends with Dolores killing Robert Ford. And you asked if Ford, the coward, Robert Ford. Yeah. Yes. The coward. Wow. Well done. (laughs) Uh, If, if Ford programmed that end is the ensuing revolution also part of a program or part of a sequence, like how free is this season that we're seeing? Are we to believe that this is kind of a full now like manifestation of Dolores as a new person? Like she says, there's the far, there's the rancher's daughter, there's Wyatt, and now myself. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that thirty years ago we find out, I believe, in the last episode by Camera Mind of, of season one that uh, Arnold at the time pre pre Bernard, uh, <laughs> you know, basically saw all of them coming to life, all of them becoming sentient, and program Dolores to kill everyone and kill himself. That's that was my read of it. Is that yeah. you disagree with that? Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so Ford eventually came to a similar conclusion, a, a, a much darker way. It seemed at least he was kind of more of a jerk about it. Maybe that's a better way to put yeah. it. Uh, yeah. Cutting people's faces off and stuff. But yeah, I, I was wondering if at some point 
because it seemed like the, the entire season one, he disagreed with him until the end. You find out he's the one that's that's responsible for the reveries, and he's kind of writing this role for them to for the whole revolution, right? The whole robot revolt. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering when he changed his mind. Was that something we yeah. saw? Was it, did we see that scene happen and we just didn't know it? I didn't go back and watch all of season so that, one, so I don't know. I remember that being a debate on The Ringer, them talking about at what point did he did he change? Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be some good Nolan you know, trickery, right? Like the scene in Dark Knight where uh, Batman drives into the tunnel during the day and drives out during the middle of the night and you don't care because you're so into the movie. Uh, that he can just get away with those slides of hand. It's, it's like you, you don't care about that. Uh, so sure. he, he he doesn't it doesn't have to hold up on the rewatch necessarily, and that's yeah. just real um, quick. It's for yeah. that's Jonathan Nolan, the yeah. American brother to the British director Christopher Nolan. But uh, isn't, dir- isn't Christopher involved in this, or is it just Jonathan? I don't think he's involved just, in it at all. Just Jonathan. Just, just oh, okay. Lisa, so Lisa Joy the, the beach Jonathan stuff, the, the beach stuff, which was clearly a nod to Dunkirk, was him oh. thumbing his nose. No, not Dunkirk. I thought it was the beginning to Inception. That's isn't that the very uh, first shot of Inception? Maybe, Leo maybe it's up? maybe it's just saying. Hey, no, guys, it's, it's from you're kind of a one guy. It's from Hate Eternity. There you go. I thought it's, it's no Saving Private Ryan. I'm pretty sure there's a beach scene. No, it's and, Splash with Tom Hanks. Yep, that's what it is. It's, it's, what it is. Right. it's the novel written by the director of Annihilation. Um, we are it's idiots. the beach. The beach is the reference. Um, yeah, so let me make this a little bit more complex. Uh, I think this is a great question. Is Dolores kind of responsible for her actions? Right. Um, does she have free will, right, yeah. if mm-hmm. um, Ford programmed her to do this? So let me kind of switch it a little bit and say, does Ford have free will? Because why did he do this? He did this because of Arnold. Sure. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Did Arnold program him to do this? Not Not necessarily like a robot, but through the same way we program people all the time, you know, through our words, through – actually changing someone's mind. Um, to what extent is this Arnold's plan playing out? Uh, and does do any of these actors free, have free will? Because I, I think the more interesting question than whether or not Dolores has free will is what it wants to turn on us, which is do we? So I wrote down a couple quotes. There's one that happens early on. Uh, it's Arnold and Dolores right before he makes her kill him, I believe. I think it's Bernard because he's having time slippage based on his issues later. Oh, so, you think they're going to? Okay. But it, it's... Yeah. They're faced like they were in the first season the whole yes. time he was Arnold. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. But that, I'm just talking about that scene. I don't care who it is. But that's a good – actually, it's a good call. She says she's been having dreams, and he says, dreams don't mean anything, Dolores. They're just noise. They're not real. She says, what is real? And then he says to her, that which is irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a little – I mean, they're going to touch on that a lot. But that, that was the big question out of season one, which is what is real or what is sentient? What is life? Those were kind of those questions that we were all asking throughout season one. And I think a lot of people – and I did at first, I was like, it's like real is made from you know, a zygote. Like real, right. that's real, right? That is sentience and robots are robots. So it doesn't matter. I took this black and white view, right? It doesn't matter if we're murdering these robots, even though they look exactly like us. Mm. And I went down that road only almost as like a mental exercise to be like, what, where does it get gray? Yeah. And I, it, it, a lot of different points is the answer. Like, let me, it, let me give you another real. answer. Yeah, please. For, for what is real. Um, this is from Slava Zizek, who says, uh, we define ontology, uh, or ontologically we define reality through resistance. Um, so whatever is real is that which is not malleable to our own caprices. Um, gosh, I think I actually have that phrase right or close to it. So, you know, you know, a table is real because you can't put your hand through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a relationship is real because you say something and the other person is hurt by it. And so we have all of these kind of reality testing mechanisms. Uh, you know, you see your toddler do it. 
will I, will I really get in trouble if I do this? Let's, let's see what's real and what's not. And I think that that is a more interesting answer than Bernard's. And, and Charlotte, Charlotte, uh, Dolores, you know, rejects Bernard's answer, says, you know, I don't think you've got that right. And in a sense, I, I like this answer better because I think that this is what Dolores is doing. Uh, she's really interested in going out and discovering what's real. Okay, what are the limits? I want to get out of here. I want to go do other things, not necessarily because I have a plan for the exact things that need to be done, but just to find out what are my limits? What mm. what what does it mean to be Dolores? Yeah. Like she's actually resisting and pushing back against something. And now the guests, be it William or whoever, are now actually experiencing consequences or resistance. So they like they were in they were playing in a sense and not actually like by that definition experiencing anything yeah. real. Yeah, no, that's great to bring it back to William because he's he's that voice mm-hmm. of he he's so excited that now it's real. Yeah, yeah, and he makes that turn. He's like, this place has real consequences now. Yep. Are we ever going to get young William again? Yes. Yeah. In, he was in the next time on. Oh, he was. I didn't watch the next time on. Yeah. yeah. It couple, looks couple trippy shots. as balls. Yes. Nice. Well, he wasn't in the first episode of the first season, so that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I, it made me very excited that next time on. Yeah, okay, so one more thing just to continue this Dolores free will thought. I was thinking about uh, two books by Nietzsche. Um, actually, this is your question. No, sorry, scratch it. This is your question about is Dolores good or evil? Well, yeah, but the joke was let's have a segment called Evan Rachel Good or Evan Rachel Evil. Nice. Evil, yeah. nice. I like that idea it's just as the pun. Yeah. But seriously, mm-hmm. like good or evil, and I don't know if, if she is sentient, then she is neither. Is my answer for myself, right. I guess, right? I mean, right. if she really is herself, I believe she she refers to herself as towards the end, and she really is real or whatever we're calling that, then then the answer is whatever she wants to be. Yeah, so this is connected for me with uh, Nietzsche's uh, ideas, uh, particularly in his books Beyond Good and Evil. Uh, you know, that makes sense right there. Um, and uh, Human All Too Human. Um, and so the idea of Beyond Good and Evil is that the our sense of morality, our ethics that were handed to us, uh, we treat them as though they are, you know, written in stone. But we have to take responsibility for them. We have to realize that we are the ones who set value. And to take on that responsibility means that we have to completely redo ethics and morality uh, and take that responsibility and decide what is good, what is evil. Uh, and that's that beyondness of don't let somebody else tell you this. Uh, figure this out. Uh, debate it because it's it's important. Uh, and there's all kinds of good that has been d- done that we have looked back on and said evil. Um, you know, people who are committing genocide often saw their own actions as good. So there's a real need for for that kind of redefinition. Nietzsche called it the transvaluation of all value. Uh, and then the human all too human is this thought that we're just humans don't want to do that. We want somebody else to tell us what to do mm-hmm. <laughs> to be just, just happy of, with you know. Well, no, it was written in stone. We're good. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, uh, Deadwood. It's a show earlier on HBO. And uh, David Milch, the writer and creator of the show, was very interested in the formation of a society in that way. And he used Deadwood in the 1880s as kind of that like Petri dish in a way. And one of the characters in, I think, the pilot uh, says, uh, I heard there's no law in Deadwood. 
and is in and so that's kind of your intro to this place is this lawless gray place where anything goes and over time he very artfully shows both the need and the formation of a structure and a society and how people interact and engage and i feel like dolores is potentially on that path or that's the path that she's going to take because like right now it feels like she's it's almost kind of like i'm i'm looking at like ethics and morality in terms of of layers or strata and right now there's this like there's an action and consequence. And so it's still very like zero and one. And so the guests were doing these particular actions and now they're facing consequences. But what does it look like for Dolores to forgive somebody? What does it look like for Dolores to have compassion? And what does, is mercy and grace possible in Westworld? And if so, what does that look like? And if so, who's going to show that? And how is that reciprocated or not? Like that's that's oddly where my mind went in the hanging scene, or when they're left to die. Like that's that's justice, or that's re- like wrath, right there. And are there deeper levels? And Teddy seems to be not further along, but he's kind of looking at this from another angle. He's for conscience right now, which, who, which is very quiet, but still sitting there. Is yeah. he, or is he just yeah. kind of confused? It's just still yeah. Teddy. Or he or he's just confused. He might just he think he's just confused yeah. at the moment. Anybody else think about good, the bad, and the ugly uh, oh. during that hanging scene? Oh, that was so yeah. good. Standing on the crosses. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. What what did he scream yeah. as Clint Eastwood's running away? Blondie! Oh. You really are a son of a should we move on to Maeve? Let's move on to Maeve. Let's do it. Yeah. Just uh, wandering around the Delos headquarters or the Westworld headquarters, I guess, with, with Sizemore, the yeah. architect, the author, whatever his job is. I don't know. He's really bad at it. He is terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let, me, let me start then with um, my favorite quote from that, which is when she uh, threatens to, to feed him his own genitals. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It says it wouldn't make much of a meal. And he says, I wrote that line. And her response actually you know, made me laugh out loud. A bit broad, if you ask me. I love that she says it to him, probably knowing he wrote it, and then does something worse than emasculating him, you know, critiques his writing. And critiques her own brain at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and even just, like, making him, when she makes him strip and does nothing. Yep. Like, that almost is... In the similar tone of like the, and I like I read this actually, a memoir called Sex Object by Jessica Valenti, really good book, um, and she talks about the idea that to ignore a man is like people males feel it's a violence at times of just like the ignoring is the violence done, and so that that she has him strip and he thinks. She's going to like insult him or do something embarrassing. And she does nothing. Just ignores it. Goes back to what she was doing. Yep. Yeah. Just like treating him like they were yeah. treated and just I, having no like value like not real. to them. I, I think they were doing a lot of work in this episode to atone for past sins um, in terms of female objectification. For example, uh, you know, they've got him completely stripped down. We've got full male nudity. 
Um, and it's, it's embarrassing and it's shameful and it, it is purposefully done for her in that she has been dehumanized so many times. Uh, and it's a dehumanizing yeah. moment for him. Uh, another one of those is he says something about, uh, the inmates are running the asylum. Um, which for me as a football fan felt like a reference to the, uh, Houston Texans owner who said the same yep. thing about, uh, players kneeling. Uh, and I don't like it when sci-fi does, uh, let's handle racism, but with a metaphor, but this to me doesn't seem like a sustained metaphor. It was just a, a quick nod to say, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's an asshole thing to say. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm interested to see where, where Maeve goes because it feels like we're setting up particular quests overall in the episode. Like you have Dolores talking about a valley below. We're talking about like showing Teddy something you have uh, Bernard and Charlotte going after Abernathy, the super important host. You have William going after the door mm-hmm. and I'm not sure. Oh, and, and Maeve going after her daughter supposedly. And, and so and the audience trying to figure out what the hell is happening. Right. And we don't know when timeline wise things are, are they happening at the same time or different or whatever. Right. And so with Maeve, I mean, Sizemore tells her that her daughter is part of a story and... And isn't real. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm on board with Maeve's insistence on pursuing her daughter. That's what I'm wondering, too, right? Is, is, so I started going there when Tessa Thompson, uh, Charlotte Hale, yeah, was saying that they hadn't gotten the package, and so they couldn't do couldn't do the extraction, right? And so I was like, "Oh, so Maeve was supposed to get on the train, and she was going to be the package." But apparently, Peter Abernathy, who was Dolores' dad, I believe, right? Yeah, um, was supposed to be. And what happened to him? And we we saw them putting a bunch of park data on him um, That's to right. okay. some oh, kind okay. of so, uh, yeah. espionage thing in the, the first year and a half. I had forgotten as well. Yeah. And he like, is he is glimpsed in kind of that mm-hmm. opening like flash montage. Yeah. Freaking out. Very briefly and in some, not like in a room we've not seen. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's there. I feel like the quest for Maeve's daughter isn't going to take up the entirety of the season. I feel like it's going to be a very short thing. I was hoping. I really like it. Yeah. And I like it because um, she's struggling with this idea of, I just found out that my whole relationship with my daughter is a lie. And that was the reverie that came back for her. That's what awakened her, right. yeah. is re- her memory of her, her daughter and of their murder. But, you know, Ben, if you, if you were living another life and then remembered your daughters and were told that this entire life that you have now was a fiction, it wasn't real. This was just a dream that you had. And yet all you can feel it, right? It doesn't matter how many times someone tells you that it's not real. Or even if you can think and go, yeah, no, it wasn't real. I kind of don't care. It's like Neo I'm, in the Matrix, right? I'm not going to get to my father because, yes, I totally agree with you. But yeah. the Neo in the Matrix, right? He wakes up. I can't remember the exact quotes. It was 20 years ago. But the idea that he wakes up and he knows that this is not real life. Yes. And he's following the white rabbit. and he's yep. There's something deep within him that's striving him to go towards the truth, right? Yeah. And, yeah, for her, whether that is her memories of her daughter that she knows are not real but are still instinctually there biologically mm-hmm. a part of her however they can be for a robot right she still needs to go save those other robots yeah. at the very base level of or her, she has the desire to right whether it's from a maternal aspect 
or a companion like colleague aspect of like oh there are thousands of other lives that I can't just be the only one that gets saved. Yeah, and there's there's no reason to believe that her daughter remembers her. Totally. Right. Um even if her daughter has a reverie that has woken her up, why would it be the same one? Yeah. You know, why would it be that same memory that it could have been another life? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so this comes back to the Nietzsche thing of kind of creating our own truth and our own meaning that I would love to see them form a family together, one in which the daughter does not remember her, but they sure. create new meaning and she they have to figure out kind of on their own terms. Yeah. Well, that's, that sounds cool to me. So a couple questions. One, I'm just like, how do they age is my initial one. Mm. Like, is she always going to be a 12 year old and Maeve's always going to be 38 year old or whatever, Tandy Newton. But anyway, that doesn't, we don't have an answer for that. Uh, but the other one was, why did she kill the Native American at the very beginning, right? The guy who yeah. has brain surgery on the beach. Uh, why is she killing other hosts? She, uh, she has created why, why is Dolores killing other why hosts? Why is Dolores doing that? Yeah. What did you say? And it, she has created an ethics. She has a system of some kind. She has created it, meaning. It could be as simple as like she's just killing all the heels, right? She's killing the people right. that can't be reasoned with, the people right. that don't have reveries that are just playing evil roles. She, she says, you know, you don't deserve to see the other side. Sure. Or not all the of valley. us deserve to see the other side. The, mm-hmm. Something about the, the valley, valley, right? Yeah. The, the valley the below. Yeah. The valley below. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, what did he do to not deserve it? How does she figure that out? I don't know her system yet, but evidently she has some kind of system that some people deserve it and some people don't. She'd go to heaven. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's goats, like Goats don't is the famous go, Goats do not. Uh, barbers yeah. buy you lunch. Yep, yep. I like I like the way you say like she's created a system, not like whether it's right or wrong or good or bad or this is like right now like Maeve is creating a system, one in which like her the pursuance of her daughter is good, mm-hmm. and anything that is contrary to that mission is bad. Yep. And Dolores has created a system, and so like they're even just like if you want to go like theological when Sizemore walks into the control room and goes, no one's in control. Yeah. Great line. And just like laying that one open and just kind of this, this absence. Yeah. God is dead and we have killed him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And like I heard this great line, uh, this guy talking about ghosts and he, he said, a ghost is the presence of an absence mm. and you just have this like specter of what used to be or what was. And you can sense that, Maybe there was form or direction at some point, but not anymore. And now it's up to the people still, the entity still present to create and pursue their own systems. Create their own meaning. Yeah. 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 So uh, with Maeve and Sizemore, we get a series of Turing tests uh, that kind of continue. Uh, he does the double take when he sees her first he does not realize that she is uh, that she is Maeve, that she is um, uh, a host right. uh, at first, and then you know shocked and realizes it's her. Uh, and then as they uh, are met by the security detail, he outs her as a robot, and she's constantly kind of making him feel like like a slave, like you know mm-hmm. less than submissive in this way, and reversing it. Uh, and then there was another Turing test. Uh, for, for those of you not here, this is the idea that, uh, you know, what's the test you do to find out whether AI is real? And the, the thing is, when you can't tell the difference, then it's real. Created by Alan Turing. And so when uh, Tessa Thompson is sending those messages to say, you know, I need extraction, 
you know, well, we don't have the package yet. And then, you know, I can't get you the package until we have the pack, uh, the package. We cannot complete extraction something like mm-hmm. that. Right. Mm-hmm. It struck me that th- those answers were really robotic. Totally. I think and they so, repeated a sentence or two. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, does that mean a, that she's talking to a computer or B, is it a person acting like a computer? Not like trying to trick her, but more of a statement about rules and I was only following orders kind of thing mm. about people falling back into. Military style response. It's yeah. Cold and yeah. mechanical. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting that like in this situation, the, the robots or the hosts are acting with more emotional variance than the people. The people are like, Fall back to procedure. I want to get saved. Go back to like, here's what happens in case of emergency. The, like we call the source. They come in. We get rescued. They kill the host. So like they revert to an old program. Yeah. And the hosts are the ones that are like wide open in terms of anything can happen. That's a, that's a great point. The humans, I mean, uh, Dolores has that line about what, what are your drives? Uh, yeah. The drive oh. to survive. And it's yeah. like all of the humans are acting on that and that alone. And the machines are not acting on that. They are they are following love, uh, you know, not not reproduction, but just l- straight up love. Mm-hmm. They are creating art, which I think is you, is what you could say maybe Dolores is doing uh, in her own way. Um, it's a disturbing art, but it's like let's just play with the rules. Let's see what we can do with that. I, that mm-hmm. feels very much like that's what art is to me. Uh, and then the question would be, what is Bernard doing? So they even ask her, "What are you going to do to us?" She says, "Well." I'm of several minds. Of several minds. <laughs> yeah. Just going back to like what you're saying. She's, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. Bernard yeah. makes me think of Slaughterhouse-Five, mm-hmm. actually. which like So Slaughterhouse-Five opens with Billy Pilgrim is unstuck in time. And so with Bernard experiencing time slippage, mm. we're not sure as viewers to whether or not to believe Bernard with what he says or what he's doing or to trust his intentions fully or to even on a stepping back, like when his timelines are occurring in connection with one another. So there's, you know, one that's happening a few weeks ahead of what we're seeing. But again, I don't know how much, especially like his last line when he says, you know, we, we see all the hosts in the lake. And he says, I killed them all. Like, maybe he did. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But I, Even I feel Elsie, like he doesn't know. Ben, tell us your theory on this. Cause I see it in your notes. It sounds really cool. I was just focusing on Elsie. The fact that she's dead. Cause I miss Shannon Woodward. She was my favorite part of season one. But anyway, yeah, I'll go back to, uh, as soon as I saw the, the sea of people in the sea, right. Of the hosts, I was like, Oh, maybe Lysine contingency. Right. It goes I back like to that. my favorite movie of all time. Jurassic park or, uh, Another Michael was, Crichton joint. Yeah, B.D. Wong's character comes up with the lysine contingency, which is the idea that they withhold the, I believe it's an enzyme lysine, or it's a, um, uh, yeah, some sort of enzyme that they withhold, and so they supplement an lysine acid. into the dinosaurs' diets, and if they don't give them that in their food, then all the dinosaurs will, like, pass out, basically, right? Yeah. Mm. And so I was like, oh, maybe there's some sort of button or something that Bernard obviously knows about because he ran the place that could just throw out all the hosts or just buttons he could click to just turn them all off or kill them or uh, I believe in, they talk about uh, when, when Maeve is escaping they all have an explosive in their spine 
mm-hmm. I believe, or something. Yep. In their spine. And she's like, yeah, let's take that out. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he, he hit the explosion button, right? Uh, yeah, just or, select people, I'm assuming. I, I'm assuming Dolores is still alive, Maeve is still alive. We don't know. Maybe they're in the sea as well. Yeah, or a, a dead man switch of some kind, where, like, if if after two weeks or after a week, you have I don't not... This. I don't lost. hit this button. The hatch. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, then... 4, 8, 16, 23, 42, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Nice work. <laughs> yeah, you got you got a lot of it. That I, I at least caught the reference. Oh, yeah, if, if someone starts spouting those numbers... Then we <laughs> we are in trouble, man. <laughs> oh my gosh, a lot of lost references from season one too. So let's steer away from the lost, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, Jay, you said you wanted to make this a twenty minute episode. Uh, you're wrong. Uh, I'm wrong because I know us, and that hasn't happened. Do do anything we want to touch on before we do a quick little lightning round at the end. Shogun World. I'm just shocked. Sure. Yeah, we didn't see any other worlds. Yeah, part we, six. we saw in the next. No, okay, so security. Uh, it's Hems the, the third Hemsworth. Sure. His character says yeah. uh, that tiger belongs in Park Six. Mm. So we have Westworld, Shogun World, Jungle World, four other worlds. Yeah, some Tiger World, uh, yeah, Tiger cir- World, Circus World. <laughs> it's maybe uh, Circus. Yeah, Oz, lions and tigers Oz. and bears. And Oz. so, good one. Maybe this will be part of Prediction Corner. But okay, yeah. I'm wondering what. What we want to see? Do we want to see all the worlds? Do we? I mean, we don't want to see this formulaic. Like, let's go into this world and free the people. Let's go to this world and free the people. We don't need to necessarily start predicting. Like, is this an island? Is this a planet? Is this a future? I guess what of all of those things that I'm talking about that we've all thought about? What are you most interested in seeing next week or the next nine episodes? Mm. What would you most like to see explored? I got to see Shogun World. I'm yeah. I'm so psyched for Shogun World. Well, well, and what would you want that to play out as? Just they go there, and it's just an example of how they freed all the worlds, or do you want? Oh yeah. Um, what part of the story do you want to develop as part of that Kurosawa style revenge thriller? Okay. You know, I, I in the next time on it was Mave with a katana. Oh, I didn't see that. And, oh man. And and okay. so I just I I want to see her as the bride. Okay. Uh, in Kill Bill, uh, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what she's doing, but just her. Just wasting people with her katana sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I, what I'm most the story I'm most interested in is Dolores's. I just I'm really interested to see where that goes. What is she going to show Teddy? We didn't get to see yeah. right. She says right? I'm going to show you the truth. You need, or, I want you to see some, this. I want you to Ooh. see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angela comes over and says, "Okay, it's ready." Or I'm ready yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. And, play, and, playing the pronoun game. I'm, yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, found, conversely, it, it is here. They are ready. Whatever. Yeah, yeah we found it. And conversely, the one I'm least interested in is Williams. Yeah, just because I can't see why I would care. Like we played that game already, and I'm it was so interested making, in his making fun of the audience about like the whole point was that it doesn't matter. The maze is not for you. Oh, dude, um, wrong. wrong. And so now it's like, oh, now this game really is for you. And I'm like, it's not. You're gonna drop clues, and it's gonna be fun. But there's no way that it's going to. I I, I could be wrong, but it feels like such a MacGuffin. Is is. Is William being Rickrolled? William's no. being Rickrolled, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about old William. I'm talking about Ed Harris. Yeah, dude. So I, let's go to my my story yeah. and character I'm most looking forward to. I thought every time Ed Harris is on screen, first of all, in anything, I'm all in. I love Ed Harris. Maybe it's because my hair is thinning. I don't know what it is. Love the man. Uh, and when he killed young Robert Ford, super dark. But I love that he's getting stuff done. Like, he's like, mm. oh, I don't need you anymore, little child. You're dead. I'm going here. You're dead to me. Cut this guy's neck. He's stuck behind a well. Two guys coming at him with a gun. And 30 seconds later, he has the guns. Like, I'm I all about that show right now. I, I, didn't, not, I didn't not enjoy that. 
I just, and I really did love it. It was one of my favorite parts of the episode. I'm just like, I, I don't care about your story. Like, the thing that he's going to do, like, okay, solve some more puzzles, Ed Harris. Like, but there's no more maze. There's a door. Yeah, okay. I mean, and so is, now, they could do fun stuff with it. With it. Like, I, I kind of trust them to, like, actually turn me around on that, and I'm very okay with that. But I'm like, I, I just don't see the story going anywhere. I like mm. his because I, I I would agree with you, and I still like those scenes the best yeah. because they're this they're real. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're not this like ethereal. Like, what are we? I don't know who we are. What are you gonna do? I'm of two minds about it. Can't you see yeah. us? You don't look like anything to me. Like, no, I'm gonna kill you. That's what I'm gonna do. And I know he's the bad guy. And I'm not so much rooting for him as much as I'm rooting for those scenes. And that sounds stupid, but I like the fact that the stuff is happening in those scenes. And it just seems like there was so much exposition. Uh, and not to say that I was bored or, or pulled out of it, but there were a few scenes that were just like, all right, I get it. You're just telling me what happened. And I want to know what happened. It's been a year and a half, and I've been wondering those things. But, like, show, don't tell. And he yep. was definitely showing. And I, I really, really like that. I think the thing that I'm dreading the most is I thought all the Tessa, Stom- Tessa Thompson Bernard stuff. I know that's where all of the stuff is going to happen mm-hmm. as far as, like, the mystery is, like, how did Bernard get from day one day to day to 11, where he's, like, shaking and, like, hiding the fact that he's a host to killing all of the hosts. And he probably, he's probably going to kill Tessa at some point. That was just super boring. Yeah, just they're, like, my, they're my two favorite actors on the show, though. Yeah, I, same. I, they, they can sit sit down, just have a, have a cup of coffee and, like, not talk at all. And I would be just, like, in. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, true. That's fair. There's a lot of beautiful people on this show. And Dolores and Teddy, it's just, like, jawlines for days. And it's, uh. just, it's a beautiful show. Beautiful landscape. So many jawlines. So little time. Man, we got the full frontal this week. It was great. Fantastic. Uncircumcised. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, just everything. So much to love about this episode. <laughs> uh, Dom, what about you? Uh, Storylines, characters you're looking forward to? Or yeah. Uh, I am most looking forward to uh, probably it's a tie between, I think, Dolores and Maeve, only because I feel like one of the other is going to connect with the world like with the without like outside of Delos first because that's where like where Ex Machina ended like right as Ava hits the outside world I feel like the long-term plan of Westworld is to have that interaction that engagement Mm -hmm. in a prolonged way yeah so it's not I think season two ends with that with Dolores Mm -hmm. going into the real world that's how Ex Machina ended. I know. Well, it doesn't mean that, that the show is done. Yeah. That's fair. So it, but I, it feels... I, if, it, if it's a three-episode arc, I won't be as satisfied with it. I, I think it'll, yeah. it'll be the next season. Yeah. Like I, I think that's what excites me, is that I feel like they are vested in the ideas and the characters enough to like see that out to where there would be metamorphosis in... like. Dolores would be changed and the people they, that she engages with would be changed back. Or if it was Maeve, then she would be changed and there would be this back and forth as opposed to just like, she hits the outside world, like the end of THX, like mm. Rob, you know, Robert Duvall pops out from the tour, sun hits him and the movie's over. Like, no, you would actually see him like go into town, start a life change. Like, yeah. There would be an evolution. And the robot comes out and fixes the logo, and then it goes, wow. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. The end. But I think that's why I'm excited about them, because I I feel like whatever happens and however it happens, there's evolution. And so even like Maeve going to Shogun World, I feel like the 
hosts in Shogun World would view maybe like there's a different culture, like how they view dreams or how they view their life in relation to anything or anyone else. I think that interaction is really special. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we haven't talked about the mesh yet. I think that was one of the more interesting kind of mechanical yeah, kind things of just that they like introduced. Dropped yeah. in, like, oh yeah, there's a shared subconsciousness. Whoa, wait, what? <laughs> let's let's see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have just kind of to make it micro and, and kind of shallow? Did you guys have like a favorite point this episode? Really, like, ah, I see what they did there. Like, holy crap, anything like that? that uh, I thought it was an excellent use of the song "The Entertainer." Yeah, like probably one of the more on the nose moments for Westworld, but oh, also dude. like a really sick sense of humor, and so I, yes. I thought that was well done. Well, I yes. like I like the idea that it was the intern or whatever who normally picks out the like Nine Inch Nails or Pearl Jam song to put in the piano version when the player piano mm-hmm. had just been murdered by the robots. Yep. So it yep. just went to the auto default, which is oh, entertainment. That's good. Of course, that's good. Or the entertainer. I mean, wow, yeah. that's great. <laughs> That's just what automatically comes with the player piano, right? Because that's every yeah. ragtime player piano song. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's it's such an overheard, overplayed song uh, and all that. Um, but it's to go back to you know Scott Joplin and it being a pioneering song that birthed ragtime and kind of birthed jazz. Sure, that's not the kind of song that blows your hair back, but it it really was, uh, and it, in a sense, it almost kind of gave it new life mm-hmm. um, by by putting it on that scene. It wasn't just the dissonance between like. Happy fun and like murder happening. It was also like causing us to actually listen to this song for the first time in our lives. Yeah. Well, the fact they went like full orchestral on it. Yeah. Yeah. They they almost turned it into Aaron Copeland by the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. True. True. Uh, We got a Stephen Ogg sighting. Jason, you and me, one of our favorite actors. Uh, Trevor from GTA. He's also Red Dead Redemption. He's in uh, Walking Dead. He's in a couple when they're murdering people on the beach. He walks in. He's like, Shooting a lady over my dead body. Boom. And, and what do we see him? What's the next thing we see him doing? <laughs> we see him shooting a lady. Shooting a lady. We do see him yeah. shooting a lady. Yeah. He was very drunk, Jason. I would. It's <laughs> Trevor. Milk. You got to love Trevor. <laughs> it's Trevor. Uh, Jay, did you have anything, any points that stood out to you? No, no, no. no. I, I, I've got nothing to add. I think we've, okay. we've gotten the bottom of the bucket of my stuff. All right. And then a prediction corner. Do you guys have any predictions either for next week? You did see the next week on. So you're and it's in there. the next few weeks. I think it says in uh, the coming weeks. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. um, any predictions or any, any crazy theories you want to throw out there right now? Uh, we, do not, we do not go to another park next week. That's my, my prediction. That's your prediction. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they hold that for uh, episode three or four. Hmm. Uh, Tessa Thompson learns that Bernard is a robot. Next week? In the next two weeks. Uh, I think it'll be re- relatively soon. Yeah. I want them to find Abernathy sooner rather than later. Yeah. So I'm just going to say they find Abernathy next episode. Yep. Episode two follows none of these characters and is all about young William. How about, <laughs> how about that? <laughs> oh, man. I... I... I hope we don't. As much as I just said, I loved the old uh, old William going around shooting stuff. I want to see, I want to see that turn into something, right? A, a mesh of what you and I both said. I I, mm. I like the action. I like the fighting. It spurs things on. But I want to see him find the door, or be, you know, he's the CEO of Delos. Is that right? Or CEO of some giant company? Is it Delos? Yeah. Yeah. No, but he's one of the or shareholders. Stocking. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'd love to see some sort of real part of of his life, and just kind of see how he justifies this. Yeah. 
We do, we do see uh, Ben Barnes in the coming weeks teaser also, by the way, who was last seen, I think, sent off on a horse naked. <laughs> oh, his best friend, or his brother-in-law, future brother-in-law. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So he is glimpsed in the, like, the trailer. Sure. Now, the, now I'm worried, it's, episode two, three, or four is going to be all young William. I'm all about that. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Although that's I, the problem, right? That, that I like Jimmy, so whatever his name is. So much happened. Between the end of this episode and the end of uh, the bicameral mind season or yeah. episode ten, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was eleven days of insanity, and we saw the result of it. We saw that night what happened, and I'm afraid you're right that that is that is actually a good fear to have, and that's my constant frustration with the Nolan brothers. Yeah, is that they keep showing me things that I don't want to see just to set up the thing in the final episode. That's the thing I wanted to see the whole time. Yep. Damn it! At least we got to see Rodrigo Santoro in the first episode. Glad he's back, Hector. Uh, I thought he was definitely dead. So it's nice to see him. Um, they shot him a lot. They did shoot him a lot. I like that we have the little like dental filling sure. set thing that just cures bullet wounds. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. But only the hosts, way, I'm guessing. Uh, yet to be proven, you know. We don't know if this is 500 years in the future or 30 years. Yeah, Ben, what year does this take place in? 2157. Okay. Jay? 15 years after the end of Battlestar Galactica. Right. Well, y'all know what that is. 2147. Got it. Uh, no, it's what? 10,000 BC. What? Is, is, is that, that how Battlestar yeah, Galactica I never, ends? I, I never watched the final episode, but I think that they ended up on Earth. They do. Yeah. Spoiler. I, I, kind, of, I kind of saw that coming. <laughs> but it, it's way after Earth is deceased, I thought. No, I thought they, like, they wind up back. Or, and then, like, there's a time lapse, and they wind up in, like, modern-day New York City. Yeah. Wait, you're talking about the 70s show? No. No. Not that 70s show, no. but the... You're, you're no, talking they, about the original, almost, or the real, no. or the, the, the current, almost? The, like, the, the, almost the current. Well, no, they end up in New York? What are you talking about? Yeah. No, he, like, builds a little house in, like, a little green pasture. We're, yeah, which becomes New York. What the... I'm going to have to go back and watch this. Yeah. I don't remember that. We're on the wrong recap. <laughs> I'm going to go back and I'm going to next time for Battlestar Galactica recaps. <laughs> Battlestar thoughts over Galactica. Uh, no, I, I was trying to make a joke that this all happened 10,000 years ago and that we're all, you know, the result of it. Um, yeah, I got no idea. Okay. I was just curious. <laughs> that was a good question. I just really, you know. Yeah. yeah, I got no 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 clue. All right, I, I think uh, on that really let down of a note, sorry guys, uh, I should probably get us out of here. Thank you for listening to the Overthink Podcast Network. Uh, you can get to us on Twitter at OverthinkPod. Email us at OverthinkPod at gmail.com. You can contact me on Twitter. I'm at Helmstreet. Ben, where are you? I believe I'm at the Ben Helms. And Dom? Uh, at Dominic underscore Lang. Thank you, my puppets. Uh, all right. I did it until, again. <laughs> until next time. In just one week, uh, we will uh, be watching uh, episode two of Westworld. Go watch it uh, and then uh, come talk about it with us. Uh, yeah, if you got questions, hit us up. Love to hear from you. See you guys next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to Overthoughts, a part of the Overthink Podcast Network. Uh, If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the Podcast Network. And if you're really feeling generous, go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. That would really help us out in a big way uh, and would help us create more content to share with you as well. So 
As always, you can check out our website at overthinkpod.com, and our handle is at overthinkpod pretty much everywhere else. So go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook, and that would help us by spreading the word. Uh, We're always interested in hearing from listeners, so please drop us a line and let us know what you think of the show. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, that kind of thing, Uh, maybe even if you want to suggest uh, some topics for us to cover on a podcast, that'd be great. You can email us at overthinkpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks again for stopping by.